Good morning. This is the Daily Wrestling News for December 3rd, 2020. I'm coming to you live, as always, from the Minnesota Time Studios on the beautiful Treasure Coast of the Sunshine State. My name is Ryan Joy, and I am joined today. My co-host is making his Daily Wrestling News Show debut. He is the EWP Senior NXT Correspondent with a 25-6 record in picking the winners for NXT matches. In 1607, he played an important role in the establishment of the colony at Jamestown, Virginia, where he made friends with Pocahontas. Not you. Uh, Well, he's also not from North Carolina. (laughs) Despite the confusion, my guest host today is John Smith. Good morning, John. Welcome to the Daily Wrestling News Show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Good to finally be on the show, man. Those Pocahontas jokes have been killing me ever since the sixth grade, and I guess they're never going to (laughs) stop. Ever since the Disney movie, right? Yeah, exactly. Ever since the Disney movie. <laughs> you, can blame, you can blame my wife. She's like, oh, who's your who's your guest host tomorrow? And she's like, oh, you got to make a Pocahontas joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and thanks for mentioning only my NXT record because I'm you know, bringing up the rear in our overall standings. <laughs> but, but the NXT record, I mean, I was talking with, uh, with Al before the show today, and I was like, I'm going to switch my picks to whatever John picked for NXT. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too confident in, in that Grimes or that uh, Loomis pick because you guys all went Grimes, but uh, I'm sticking with it. Uh, well, for today on the show, we're going to do a recap of NXT and AEW, and it turns out that's really where the majority of the news is. Um, so we're going to react to that and we, you know, share our thoughts on the big news of Sting and the big news of Impact Wrestling having some sort of Crossover with AEW. Huge news coming out there. Plus, we have war games this weekend. So we'll go through our recaps. We're going to react to that news. And if we have time, I've got a few other tidbits that we'll get into in the news section. We will do morning show trivia. Try to get out of here in a half hour. We've failed to do so the last two days, but we're going to give it the old college try. So, uh, John, do you have the tools for success for a morning show, by which I mean plenty of caffeine? Um, I don't usually mess with caffeine, but I got my giant cup of joy right here. So, Andre, the giant size uh, glass of of water. So, with that, let me ring the bell, and we'll get things underway. Okay, we're gonna run down NXT first. Um, as we uh, as we covered on the show yesterday, of course, Pat Patterson passed away yesterday. They did a really nice tribute to to Pat. Um, basically, the way they overlaid Patterson singing "My Way" with Sinatra singing "My Way," they kind of did a duet in a way. Um, with lots of photos and stuff. A trip, kind of a real credit to the WWE production team to put that together in such short notice. Um, John, anything you want to share about Pat Patterson over the years? Well, I've never really seen a Pat Patterson match when it wasn't him and Gerald Briscoe as, you know, Vince McMahon's flunkies. But, um, you know, he always entertained me as in that role. And I know that he was responsible for so many um, superstars, you know, backstage, you know, helping them out and helping train and, you know, everything. Just, you know, first Intercontinental Champion also. You can't discredit that. So, you know, it's 
tough to see him go, but I mean, he lived a nice, long, full life. So good for him, man. Yeah. 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 And also, you know, inventor of the Royal Rumble. We talked about a lot of this yesterday. You brought up the first ever Intercontinental Champion. I'll let you know right now, since you're busy, your trivia category today is going to be Championship Lineages. So we'll see how you do with that. I think I might do well. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, once the, the, the tribute package for Patterson was over, we got into the main show. Uh, Leon Ruff and Damian Priest in a tag match got a victory over Santos Escobar and Raul Mendoza. Johnny Gargano was sitting ringside for commentary. Um, Undisputed Era had a video package that culminated with Bobby Fish saying he's reflected enough and now he's ready to go whip some arse. Cameron Grimes got a win over August Gray in 251. Grimes beat up Gray with a strap after the match until Dexter Loomis made the save. John, I think you were, you were saying, you know, when we opened the show that this Loomis and Grimes match on Sunday, not really sure which way it'll go. Either way, I think it'll be better than the blindfold match. It'll probably last longer. And um... Yeah, the, the blindfold match served its purpose. I think if this was going to be a blindfold match, I think they would have done it differently at the pay-per-view. But you know, I think sure. it served its purpose. And I like the, the strap thing also where Grimes can't get away. Um, it's it, I mean, you guys make valid points when you say that Grimes should win because you know he's been you know, losing this whole thing. But I feel like... Loomis might just be Grimes' bane, you know, where he just can't overcome Loomis, and then he's just got to go, you know, get past him instead. So either either Grimes is going to the moon, or Loomis is going to hold him to earth. <laughs> well, either way, I think uh, I think Grimes is going to be your next um, North American champion eventually, whenever that happens. Yeah, and and speaking of. Uh, championships or people climbing to championships in the next match jake atlas beat former cruiserweight champion tony niece with a rainbow ddt in 526 atlas says it's just the beginning and he's climbing his way back to santos escobar um i hope that they do because they had a really short match last time it was but it was a good match so um, yeah hopefully they make it back there pat mcafee did a promo uh, building up pete dunn as the longest reigning uk champ called Tony Lorcan and Danny Birch, the best tag team in the world. Bold statements from McAfee there. Uh, but Pete Dunn says this Sunday is the end of the Undisputed Era. McAfee calls that a promise. Didn't, didn't invoke a Heyman calling it a spoiler, but he did call it a promise. Um, are, you are you comfortable with your pick for Sunday, John? I am absolutely comfortable with my pick. I think uh, Pete Dunn doesn't speak unless he uh... – unless he needs to be heard. And I am, I'm worried about what happens to the undisputed era at the hands of Pete Dunn. <laughs> yeah. 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 He looks very serious. Um, Zia Lee and Boa, they got tortured. I don't know what else to say about that. Um, <laughs> Imperium wrestled the grizzled young veterans to a no contest when Everrise attacked both teams after 13 minutes, 57 uh, longest match on the show, I believe, uh, and it ended in a no contest. The attack was payback for Imperium attacking Everrise before the match started. Uh, Timmy, Timothy Thatcher's Thatcher's Thatch hand session was interrupted by Tomasa Ciampa. Uh, the two of them got in a brawl, which Russ Taylor, uh, I think they called him Tyler Rust on the show, but uh, I know him as Russ Taylor. Uh, he's one of the new NXT recruits that they announced yesterday. 
he helped Thatcher, um, and apparently that was a surprise to Timothy Thatcher. Uh, John, have you seen any of Russ Taylor before? I've never even heard of Russ Taylor. He most recently was in the Ring of Honor Pure Championship Tournament, and he lost in the first round to Tracy Williams. Uh, before that, I saw him on some of the New Japan Friday night shows. So um, pretty well credentialed. I think he's, you know, he's very technically sound, which is probably why they're going to put him with Thatcher. He's that kind of wrestler. Um, but we'll see if he, we'll see if this is like a one and done and he's back to the PC for the next six months or if he's going to be a recurrent character uh, in Thatcher stretch, stretch sessions. Yeah. Well, the one thing I have written about that is Thatcher looking ready for six period physical education class. <laughs> did you pick Thatcher for for Sunday or did you pick Champa? No, I picked Champa, but I mean, after something like this, uh, who knows? You know, I might I have to watch my way. I feel the same way. I picked Champa. I'm going to stick with Champa because I'm not going to go back on my word, but um, I did feel like Timothy Thatcher is stronger after this. So. Hey, new new uh, situations have come to light. You don't have to stick to your word when something like that happens. You can you can go with your gut. All right. Well, maybe I'll change my have a change of heart. <laughs> uh, Shotzi Blackheart won the War Games Advantage. Also, something I didn't see coming in the latter match against Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, the finish came when all the other War Games participants got into a brawl, and Io Shirai came to the ring did her moonsault on the pile, left, leaving a clear path for Shotzi to climb and get the advantage. I am uh, on record for saying that Io Shirai's War Games performance last year, um, I think Al Carl called it my Mick Foley, Jimmy Superfly Snuka moment. So um, I'm, I'm really happy to see that he is official for this and hopefully, uh, hopefully we have a good War Games match. I'm now, of course, also leaning towards the heels winning this match when I said on Tuesday that the, the uh, faces always went working. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I got, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I picked Shotzi's team to win the, the war games match, but yeah. I'm still, I'm up in the air on that one too. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I picked Shotzi's team, but just because they, they've been pushing her so hard. So yeah. it, it makes sense for her not to win this one. Yeah. So that rounded out the go-home show for War Games. Um, of course, you know, Dynamite had a big show running against them, um, so it'll be interesting to see how the ratings kind of shake out. But NXT's big show is Sunday, and that's, gonna, that's pretty much guaranteed to be a killer show. So um, we'll have you back next week, John, to kind of run through the War Games, what we saw in War Games, and see if your predictions came out correct, see if my predictions came out correct, see who's winning, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, can't wait. It's going to be a great show. On the Dynamite side of things, this is where I've heard a lot of news. Uh, I'm going to run through, uh, of course, this is the winner is coming. Uh, previewed this extensively on Tuesday with Travis, my cousin, um, and I think if Tony Khan had sent out his tweet about the balance of power shifting, he might have wanted to do that last night as opposed to two weeks ago. Um, but I was there live for the for Dynamite. There were three dark matches to start the live presentation, and everybody else can see those on Tuesday. But uh, it was Baron Black versus Sonny Kiss, Brian Cage versus Danny Limelight, 
and Alex Gracia versus Nyla Rose. So um, if you can't tell who won those matches, you can go ahead and watch them on Tuesday. Uh, 46 degrees when the show started. Orange Cassidy and MJF won the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. They'll face each other next week. Um, John, I think you picked Orange Cassidy, right? And I originally picked MJF, but before <laughs> before you guys told me that he won this thing last year, and that's why he's got that diamond ring. I, I don't know why I completely missed that from last year, but yeah, uh, well, I didn't know that's why he had the ring. But <laughs> there were a lot of there were a lot of subplots, uh, storyline stuff in in this battle royal, including MJF and Sammy Guevara, Dark Order and Hangman Page, Scorpio Sky and Spears, Miro on everyone. Miro looked really really strong before he got eliminated. Um, Tony Khan said in a media session on Tuesday that big things for Miro in 2020. They just didn't want to launch him now because they have win-loss records and things like that, so Miro has to pick up wins. But in 2021, apparently he's uh, he's going to the moon, as Cameron Grimes would say. <laughs> so the match closed out. It was 45 degrees. Chris Jericho used the Judas Effect to get the pinfall victory over Frankie Kazarian. Looks like a lot of issues with the inner circle. MJF about to throw in the towel. Sammy made the save. Uh, after some bickering, Chris Jericho gave them an ultimatum and said, get on the same page or the inner circle is done. So um, that ended out that segment. The Young Bucks say they're giving TH2 a shot. Um, the Acclaim showed up. A little bit of brawl backstage. Moving right in. Britt Baker defeated Layla Hirsch with a lockjaw in 844. Thunder Rosa ran in for the tag for the first interpromotional aspect of the evening. And then one of the big things came in the next match. Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes defeated Team Taz with a crossroads and a coffin drop. Team Taz, including Brian Cage, came out and provided the post-match beatdown. They even took out Dustin Rhodes and Art Anderson. And then the building went dark. The crowd went crazy. Game of Thrones style video package played until the word Sting came on the screen. And when the word Sting came on the screen, the roof came off the building. <laughs> I have been to, now this was my seventh AEW show during the pandemic era. This was the loudest I've seen a crowd get. Um, yeah. It was, it, it's, it's, it, was, it, was, it was weird because Sting is 61 years old. He's probably not going to be put in a lot of matches, but fans remember him, I guess. And it, he got he got a reaction um, that I, I don't really know how to describe. It was it was a reaction at a wrestling show I haven't seen since we had live crowds. So really cool moment. Yeah, it sounds like it would have been awesome to be there, man. Yeah, yeah, and we'll, we'll in the next. I'm going to finish this dynamite uh, rundown so that we can get into. Um, some of the some of the fallout here. So real quick, she did a promo saying she's not scared of Abaddon. Of course, she is scared of Abaddon. That was apparent. Uh, and then in the final main event, Kenny Omega got a win over John Moxley, become the new AEW World Champion in 28 minutes. Omega did use the one winged angel to get the victory. However, it wasn't a clean victory as Don Callis tossed him in a microphone that he used on Moxley prior to the one winged angel. Um, Kenny Omega left really quick with Don Callis on the way out the door. Don Callis told Alex Marvez, we'll explain everything on Tuesday. Marvez is like, but Dynamite's on Wednesday. But Callis says, 
Impact Wrestling Tuesday on Access. So the Impact Twitter account was updated. Tuesday is the new Wednesday. It was 43 degrees in Jacksonville as the, the arena started to empty out. John, what a show. I, yeah, very great show top to bottom. Um, that ending, I mean, that was a – in my opinion, that was a bigger a bigger swerve than us seeing Sting. You know, the fact yeah. that you got – the fact that you got two companies, you know, you know, working together and, you know, are we going to see Kenny on – on impact on, on Tuesday night. That'll be awesome. I don't think he's ever been on impact. Has he or TNA back in the day? Uh, I mean, I'm not aware of it. Yeah. The, um, the, the funny thing is on Tuesday, we had a long form discussion about winter is coming and what that could mean. And we, we thought on that show we were going through and we're just like, okay, well, Kenta has this briefcase and he's going to come in and it's going to be a new Japan type of invasion. None, at no point during that longest 45-minute discussion that we had did we ever bring up impact. Meanwhile, we have had multiple occasions an executive vice president of impact is sitting at the commentary desk on Dynamite. It was right in front of us, like right there, and we didn't see it. Um, I don't know how that happened, but I guess it happened. So. I, think it's, I think it's because AEW is just like a different company than WWE. Like they don't they don't mind cross promoting, or you know, they they'll bring somebody in for a one off that that's under contract somewhere else. You know, especially with these the Mexican wrestlers and stuff, they're they're champions down in Mexico. Sure. You know, so it was kind of not not new new to us, which they, was perfect booking by them. Yeah, so it's so it's interesting. Now, Kenny Omega is the AAA Mega Champion. He's the AEW World Champion. We know he's going to Impact on Tuesday. I don't see them really putting him with Rich Swan, but I, the, the person who kind of comes to mind for me is Moose. Moose has kind of been holding this TNA title, pretending like it's the real thing. Maybe maybe Don Callis seeks to use Kenny Omega to kind of free impact of Moose or something like that. I thought you were going to say Rohit Raju at first. <laughs> well, save save that for when uh, when Mister Carl makes an appearance on the show. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So, but um, I think what I'm excited about is I don't know if this is going to be Omega kind of like going over on the impact side and then having an impact invasion led by Don Callis and Omega, or if it's going to just be a bunch of cross promotion or something like that. But there are a lot of things, um, a lot of people in impact that I wouldn't mind seeing getting paired up with people in AEW. I, I believe you've gone on, uh, I've said multiple times, how much you think of the North as a tag team. Well, AEW is, you know, they, they say they have the best tag team division in the world. There are a few tag teams that are not able to compete there for many, many reasons that are in that conversation. But now this opens up the portal, so to speak, and maybe the North, um, maybe, maybe the North can fight the Young Bucks or, or whoever. Yeah, that would for me that would be an awesome match because I the North is probably my favorite team right now, and um, you know it's just I, what did I hear about Ethan Page's contract though? Isn't isn't he you know up in limbo with that? So is he even going to be staying in Impact or does he is he going to sign with 
with AEW, and then they can work that into like some sort of like swerve where during the invasion he switches sides. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Ethan Page's uh, contract is up, although the place I thought he would potentially go if he was going to leave Impact is AEW. So, I mean, I, you know, his his contract is up at the end of December. They've fulfilled all their dates. He's fulfilled all his dates. Um, Impact has actually finished taping everything. So this, whatever they're doing on Tuesday is maybe like a, um, you know, like a overlay or something like that. You know, they can tape something at Dynamite, um, you know, last night, but they can just air on Tuesday. So yeah, getting lots of comments from uh, from other hosts of this show, John DeCani and Al Carl. Rohit wants Sting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone underestimates impact the North versus FTR book it. Yeah. I mean, you can you, just in the tag team division alone. There's a lot of possibilities. Um, I mean, which one do you think is a better match FTR versus the North or the Bucks versus the North? Cause I don't think we're going to see like a long extended, maybe we will, but I, I wouldn't see the North running through the whole division. I'd like to see FTR versus the North only because I think the Bucks versus the North would basically be the same thing we got at, with FTR versus the Bucks. Sure. Yeah, so it would be something new, something we've never seen before, possibly, you know. Yeah, and the other team we didn't bring up in this couple of seconds here is the Motor City Machine Guns. Both uh, Cash and Evil Uno, of all people, wrote, to, wrote on Twitter, MCMG. So apparently that's you know that's a team that they'd like to work with. Um, similar to similar to what you're saying though is like the machine guns have kind of a similar style style to the Bucks, but you could you know mix and match. Uh, there's a lot of possibilities there. Hey, don't forget the Good Brothers. Yeah, right. They're the champs. They're the champs. Yeah. So I, I like I like from a tag team perspective what could be done there. Um, what I hope they do do. We can see the Good Brothers, the Good Brothers versus FTR done right for once. Sure, yeah, sure. They've they've wrestled a million times, but not not with some under the banner of a company that cares about their tag teams deeply. So, exactly. Um, and then you know the women's division, AEW. We've we've always talked about how AEW is kind of building and building and building, but we always talk about the Knockouts division on how they're a great great division. So I think of people like Taya Valkyrie um, and Jordan Grace as good opponents for Sheeta or Nyla Rose or, or people like that. Um, while AEW is building up their talent, these other women from Impact can come in, have do a couple of matches or whatever, and, you know, rising tide lifts both ships. Absolutely, yeah. As much as the, the men in, in AEW would help impact it would be the opposite with the women so yeah now uh rosemary from impact of course very good friends with Allie. they even have a, a, a instagram account the demon bunny that they run together so you know we could have a reunion there um how about that Stu young and abaddon potential that's <laughs> That's the that's what I was waiting for you to pause so I could mention. Yeah, no, that's okay. that's the one like women's match that I would be dying to see between the two promotions. Absolutely. 
Is it a match or is that a team? I I don't know. I don't. I I think it would be more. I think it would be a match. I don't see Sue Young, you know, teaming with Abaddon. Yeah. No. Um, Sue Young is kind of a loner. Abaddon, I can't really picture her getting buddy buddy with anybody. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think this is a conversation that we're going to be having for an awful long time. Um, there's a lot of potential. It'll be interesting to see just what direction they go. Um, I, I'm, I'm really genuinely excited for this. Um, I, think it, I think it has so, so much potential for storyline that we haven't really had the opportunity for it long. Yeah, I'm so happy I started watching Impact. If it wasn't for uh, this network and the uh, the pro wrestling podcast, I wouldn't have even touched Impact in the past six yeah. months. Um, what was it? Uh, Bound for Glory or yeah, Bound for Glory was my first. Whatever was it during the Slammiversary. Slammiversary was was my first ever live Impact pay per view, and I honestly I enjoy it more than AEW at times. So, yep. Yeah, it's a different. It's I mean, it's a very different style, a different approach to wrestling. If people are listening and they they haven't really seen a lot of uh, impact, know understand going in that they they lean heavily into comedy, um, and it is a variety show, and they they lean heavy into the variety. So, um, but the wrestling is always really good as well. That's why you have a team like the North, who has been dominant champions, was dominant champions for over a year. Right. Um, John DeCani says that Sue Young and Adam are scarier than the Brothers of Destruction. <laughs> That's a bold statement, but uh, it's possible. Yeah. So, Sting, I, I don't want to gloss over his return. Uh, I mentioned before, he's 61 years old. I don't think we're going to see a ton of Sting matches. But they announced that he did a multi-year deal. Um, I I'm guessing, although I know it's one of uh, top thirty WrestleMania moments. Uh, I don't believe Sting's probably happy with his last match, last big well-known match. So I could see the possibility of a one-off match or something like that, or maybe two in the course of the time that he's that he's under contract to just give himself a better send-off. Um, any thoughts on who you think he should pair up with, though? Um, I I have a thought on who he will pair up with. Okay, <laughs> it's going to be Cody Rhodes because he's booking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but other, like you know, in all seriousness, like who I would like to see Sting go up against, it would have to be somebody, somebody young, like a Sammy Guevara or something, just like a total contrast of styles, maybe even. Put him up against Jericho. Have we ever seen Sting versus Jericho? In well, they were both in WCW at the time, but Jericho wasn't working at the top of the card, and right. Sting, Sting was doing his like um, time in the rafters. So, so he was yeah. kind of, kind Maybe. of like, so it's a possibility. I think it's given his age and you know what his body has been through, he probably needs to be work with somebody that's very reliable. So. Um, yeah, so not Seth Rollins is what you're saying? <laughs> I was thinking maybe not Sammy Guevara, given what happens to Matt Hardy. <laughs> but, you know, like like you mentioned, there's a lot of opportunity for contrast in that type of match. So 
You know, maybe he's going to be a just a manager on the outside with a scorecard like like Arn Anderson, but that um, it feels a little weird. Like he is like this foreboding presence with the black, you know, the black trench coat and things like that. Um, so it seems like they probably need at least one match. Um, contribution here from Al Sting versus Brody Lee. That's that's very interesting because Brody Lee is an experienced guy, can really take care of him in the ring and. You know that could be. You know we've been waiting for Brody Lee's to re, to return, so maybe this this is the yeah. way for him to do so. And bo- they're both on that dark side, so I feel like you know he can yeah. he can match him on in that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've I think we've kind of beat that one as much as we can on this show. Like I said, this is not going to be the last time we talk about it. Um, for sure. sure. As things start to play out. You know, Impact says Tuesday is the new Wednesday. So it sounds like now we're going to be talking about AEW and Impact every day of the week. So yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Absolutely. Um, like we said, rising tide lifts all ships. So there's a few other news items that we can get into. Um, I'm going to go ahead and transition us out of the recap world and into the news world. And for that, we have this. That's how you know we have entered into the world of news out of the world of recap. Uh, WWE announced their new performance center class consisting of Dez Wentz and the Rascals, Alex Zane, and Russ Taylor. Zane has been on uh, has, has been on Ring of Honor and New Japan Strong. Taylor, the same. He was in the Pure Tournament, as we talked about before. And, of course, the Rascals from Impact. Uh, I think we had a comment from Al earlier where he's like, oh, man, the rascal is bad timing for them to leave. Um, yeah, true. Trap, true. But we'll see what they can do in NXT. Yeah, I'm excited to see what the rascals do in NXT. Definitely, man. Um, you know, I, I saw mostly, because I've only been watching Impact a little while, I saw mostly Trey Miguel. So I'm, you know, kind of upset that he isn't a part of it. But I also feel like he's got a bigger name. So, you know, he's probably getting himself. Right. No, like not a performance center type of contract somewhere, you know. Right, right. Any other teams um, on the NXT roster that you'd like to see uh, Desmond Wentz wrestle? I'd love to see them go up against Everrise because Everrise rules. <laughs> <laughs> you see them? You see them yesterday drive away in their car. Yes, yes, yes. Oh yes. my God! I they. They're they're turning themselves into a nice little comedy act themselves. I'm I'm a big fan of Everize right now. Yeah, and on the subject of the comedy acts, uh, whenever Drake Maverick and Killian Dane hook back up, I'll watch them wrestle anybody. <laughs> Definitely. Um, in other news, the PW Insider reported that the card for WWE's tribute to the troops is going to include Drew McIntyre versus The Miz, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair versus Natalia and Bailey. And Daniel Bryan and the Street Profits are going to face Sami Zayn, Robert Roode, and Dolph Ziggler. You have to check your local listings to find out exactly what time that's coming on, but that's going to be on Sunday. Hopefully it's your uh, War Games pre-show, if you will. Um, nothing really of consequence there, but it's a good opportunity for um, for people to get their eyes on WWE because those football games do 15 million people. 
So it's going to have a very strong lead in. So hopefully, do you think they put out their their best foot forward with those matches? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I see them pulling, like doing any um, like furthering of angles or you know, you know, any you know, big big things. But it'll definitely display what they've got going on leading into TLC, and you know, just get keeping that that Miz situation in the, in the front of your heads because you know I think that's gonna that's bound to happen pretty soon. What I like about this is that. You have Drew McIntyre and The Miz lined up. Sasha Banks is, uh, or more Bianca Belair is in a program with Bailey and a little bit with Natalia. And you've got Daniel Bryan in a program with Sami Zayn. The Street Profits in a program with Rudy Ziggler. So it's it's putting out there what they're actually programming right now. So it's like, here's a sample of what you can get on Monday and Friday. And that's how you, that is how you get new fans. You know, it's like, if you like what you saw today, there's going to be more of that on Monday and more of that on Friday. So hopefully, hopefully it, you know, leads to new fans. That, that's the objective, right? Yeah, absolutely. Hollywood Reporter is reporting that John Cena will be putting out two books based on inspirational tweets of all things. Uh, do your best every day to do your best every day for kids age 8 to 12 and be a work in progress for all ages. Uh, John, any of, these, any of these books like already in your Amazon cart and ready to be delivered or honestly my son loves john cena and he's 11 so that's that's like a perfect you know christmas gift you know oh a yeah. book oh it's john cena you know <laughs> <laughs> yes and uh and do your best every day to do your best every day seems like a good lesson for an 11 year old <laughs> absolutely so uh that'll bring it to the end of the news um but John, it's time for trivia. I gave you the topic earlier. How are you feeling? I'm feeling a little confident, which means I'll probably go two for five or something like that. I, I'll admit these are perhaps not the not the easiest questions. They it's gonna go one of two ways. Either you're gonna like get them all really, really quickly, or you're gonna struggle. So okay. <laughs> which it is. Like play your uh, That, that video, that little clip there, was your opportunity to stretch out and get ready. So, <laughs> assuming that you are, uh, question number one. Well, you got five questions. The simple majority gets is uh, gets you the W. If you win, you get the Goldberg Oscar Award. And if you lose, you get a Hawkins. Question one. Pat Patterson was the first ever Intercontinental Champion. And it has been said for a million years or so that he won a tournament here. Gotta say Madison Square Garden. Uh, let me give you let me give you multiple choice. <laughs> New York, New York, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Cleveland, Ohio, Rio de Janeiro. I'll go with Rio. Correct. <laughs> okay. Uh, there have been a total of 15 different men to hold the WWE Cruiserweight Championship since the title was reintroduced in 2016. Please name 10 of them. <laughs> 10, okay. So you got TJP. You yeah. got uh, Santos. 
You got. Um, you're making me blank right now. Oh, Enzo. Then you got Tony Nice. Um, really? Ah, oh, man. I know this is ridiculous. I don't. That I'm not spitting out more names right now. Do you remember who beat TJP? Oh, yes. Mm. And I forgot. Oh, Kendrick. Brian Kendrick. Yeah, okay. Uh, do you remember who beat Brian Kendrick? I don't. Okay. Do you remember who beat Enzo Amore? No. No, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to take a loss on this question, Ooh. man. I, what did I get? Four, five. You have five. You got five. So the order is TJP, Brian Kendrick, Rich Swan, Neville, also known as Pac. Oh, Toby how did I forget that? Enzo Amore, yeah, the, the king of the cruiserweights. Uh, Kalisto, Cedric Alexander, Murphy, Tony Nice, Drew Gulak, Leo Rush, Anil Garza, Jordan Devlin, and Santos Escobar. Okay, uh, one for two. Not bad, not bad. Here we go into the third <laughs> the third bunch. Pat Patterson sadly passed away yesterday. He was the very first international champion, as we've stated. Only three of the current main roster male champions have not held the Intercontinental Championship at one time. Can you name them? Let me tell you, so only three of the current male champions on the main roster. So includes tag team and United States. Okay, so that would be the Street Profits. Okay. Both of them, obviously. And... Hmm. Is it? Wow. That's a hard Roman, Roman Reigns? Roman Reigns won the, won the championship at one point. The correct answer is Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods. Stupid. <laughs> uh, like I said, these are, these are hard. These are hard. So you are one for three. You got to get the last two correct. I have uh, I have faith, although we'll see how I, you do it. Honestly, I forgot that the New Day was the tag team champions. Yeah, yeah, you got it. I think so. Five members of the AEW talent roster are former WWE Intercontinental Champions. Can you name them? I'm sorry. Repeat that. Five members of the current AEW talent roster are former WWE Intercontinental Champions. Can okay. You name them? So you got Moxley, Cody, um, four out of five to get it correct, I think. That's fair. Moxley, Cody, Jericho. Um, There's actually six. So four out of six. Jericho. Uh, Brody Lee. There you go. Your other two options were Billy Gunn and Goldberg. 
Gold yeah. dust. <laughs> they never would have gotten Billy Gunn. I forgot that he was part of Impact. Off yeah, the top yeah. of my head. So, in the final question, only eight women have held the Raw Championship. The four horsewomen make up half of those people. Can you name three of the other four women? Asuka. Yes. Uh, Alexa Bliss. Yes. And... I want to say Nia Jax, but that might have been SmackDown. I will say Nia Jax. Nia Jax. The other one is Ronda Rousey. Well, yeah, the most obvious one. <laughs> yeah. So if I tally this up, it looks like you got three out of five. Very good. That means you get the Goldberg Asuka Award, which is... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so we are in the backstretch of the show. Let's see how we're doing. 41 minutes, went a little over. Um, okay, so let's see. Pay some bills here and get out, get out of here. So primetime rundown. Tune in tomorrow night for episode number 43 of the primetime rundown with Joey Starzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca as they bring you the latest in the COVID-19 era of Big East basketball and the NFL. Coverage begins starting at 6 p.m. Eastern on the Eastern Observer and I-95 Sports Network Zingo Channel 198. And make sure you hit the primetime rundown tomorrow night. We'll be back here uh, for the Daily Wrestling News Show. We are here every day, Monday through Thursday at 10 a.m. Uh, we are going to be Monday talking about the, out, the, uh, the outcome of war games. Hopefully it's a great show on Sunday. I've never seen a takeover I didn't love, so it should be great. John, any, any parting words? No, it's just that I can't wait for war games, and I'm happy to have you all in bed with me. Oh, right. I didn't even make any jokes about, oh, man. I had a good joke lined up. It was, you know, this is the seventh uh, episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show, and so far every host has at least made it out of bed. Until you. <laughs> on, the seventh, on the seventh day, aren't you supposed to rest? Very good. You know what? And you are appropriately sitting in bed. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you again on Monday.